0: Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about US men's soccer. Thanks for downloading Scuffed. We are here to talk about the Olympic qualifying roster which was released on Sunday night in the midst of a barn burner of a 3-3 draw between LAFC and the Philadelphia Union. Greg how goes it?
1: Good. Bell's here to talk about sports while there are still sports to talk about.
0: <laughs> I know, man. So wait, Common Ball quali- World Cup qualifiers got canceled earlier today?
1: Yeah, it's. it feels like that's going to be the trend. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm half, I'm, I'm not really joking. Like, tell your parents to stay inside, please, Wash if the they're hands. able.
0: Use a lot of hand sanitizer, all that stuff. Yeah, coronavirus is a serious thing. Just, uh, just for, for the history books, for the archives, we mentioned it. It was a big deal. Um, let's run through the 20-man roster. All right, um, man. It's, it's a solid roster. Why don't you start with goalkeepers? Okay, I'll do goalkeepers. Matt Freeze from the Philadelphia Union, JT Markinkowski from San Jose Earthquakes, and David Ochoa from Real Salt Lake. Uh, Ochoa is the youngest of those. He was sort of obliquely spotlighted by um, – Jason Kreiss in the conference call yesterday, which delayed the recording of this podcast, he said he's the one with the most, I think, experience, and I think okay. he was referring to that that title run last year. But um, he said it's going to be a tough decision on who starts. Should we be talking about these guys as we go, or do you want to just more list it first?
1: I think I think we can I think we can talk about some, but I don't really have much to say about the goalkeepers.
0: Okay, that's what that's all I have to say about the goalkeepers. He said it's going to be a tough decision, and uh, maybe the toughest decision they have in the lineup.
1: All right. If they if they get through without a howler, I feel like we qualify. I feel like the the yeah. goalkeeper howler is what will keep us out of the Olympics. <laughs>
0: just keep the howlers to zero. That's good. <laughs> center backs. Why don't you take center backs? All
1: right, we got center backs. We've got uh, Mark McKenzie, Eric Palmer Brown, and Justin Glad. Eric Palmer Brown for me the most surprising, just because I didn't expect him to get released. Uh, I'd seen somewhere that uh, Austria has a uh, like a little mini break in their season. I don't think that's the case. Uh, at least according to their schedule on Google. Eric Palmer Brown will miss two matches and potentially the third, if he doesn't get back uh, in time for their, their games following the qualifying tournament.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I wish I knew more about that situation. Cause uh, aren't they close to some kind of line in their table in the Austrian yeah, table?
1: Yeah. So there is, there is like a, a second portion of the season where the top six teams and the bottom six teams split up and essentially play in mini mm-hmm. leagues so mm-hmm. the top of teams against top teams, bottom teams against the bottom teams. Um, and, Uh, I believe Austria Vienna right now sit in seventh, uh, and they're a ways off from, from six, but they're not like, they they could get to six if, if they went on a tear.
0: Okay. I feel like the further East you go, the more complicated the, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the league tables get. They're
1: they're all going to end up merging. (laughs) Austria is going to merge with Poland and they're going to have their own league. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. All
0: right. I'll take, well, do you, do we, you want to say anything about McKenzie or any of these guys? Uh, I don't. I don't
1: think so. I mean, they're all very capable. Yeah. Racked up plenty of professional minutes. None of these guys, I think, are going to be uh, overwhelmed by the by no. the game.
0: They should be. They should be serviceable at a minimum. And uh, I thought Mackenzie's been playing. I think mckenzie has been playing pretty well in Major League Soccer. He allowed Diego Rossi onto his right foot for the second goal in that game on Sunday night. Maybe should have done better there. But he otherwise played really well. Dispossessed Vella a couple times, which is no small feat. And uh, I feel like it should be EPB and McKenzie as the starters.
1: Yeah, I, I'm bank. I'm kind of banking on that because I think you don't bring Eric Palmer Brown out of his club season to have him back up uh, Justin Glad. Yeah. So now he plays. He plays right center back for his club, and I know Glad. I believe plays right center back slash right back for. Salt Lake.
0: That's right. And McKenzie's been playing left center back, although he can definitely play right center back. Um,
1: for right, five. that's so. That's kind of how I've split it up in my mind. Uh, a couple of names that we were, if not surprised to see, left off. Uh, it's just they're definitely worth noting, and that would be Chris Richards, who uh, I believe you had a family member confirm that he was not released by Bayern Munich. I think implying that he would would have been invited. Right. Yeah, his aunt, who is an who is a reliable source in my experience. Uh, Miles Robinson uh, injured at the moment for Atlanta, but Atlanta had made clear that they aren't going to be releasing players for non-FIFA windows anyway, which por- a portion of this tournament is taking place in. Uh, so, I mean, right there, Miles and Richards would be potentially one or both of them probably in the discussion for starting uh, for this team. Yeah, Robinson or even, for
0: sure, I would say. Robinson for sure, a starter, and Richards a good shot, yeah.
1: You know, and we, I might as well bring up the other guy too, uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, because uh, I, don't, I don't know that he... Wouldn't be a starter for the for a full strength U twenty three team. Yeah, I don't know. He's I don't he's know. Yeah. he's a he's got a ton of experience. He was in the two thousand fifteen qualifying tournament <laughs> yeah, that, for the Olympics.
0: <laughs> that was two decades ago.
1: <laughs> uh, he's he's emerged at Luton Town on transfer as a staple in their lineup as they're trying to escape the relegation zone uh, and remain in the championship for another year. So again, we just have all a lot of. I'd say at this point, seasoned uh, center backs in the U23 picture.
0: Yep. Let's move on to fullback. The three selections were Reggie Cannon, Chris Gloucester, and Aaron Herrera. Um, You know, we got signals all through the beginning of the year that Cannon was going to be a mainstay on this team and one of the leaders of it, so that was no big surprise, and he's obviously the starter at right back. And then – Chris Gloucester is probably going to be the starter at left back. He's he's a natural left back, and Aaron Herrera is more of a natural right back, but Herrera can cover both positions. I think that's sort of the argument for him in that spot. And yeah, could be pretty good, solid. Tournament
1: player. good. Good guy to have in a in a tournament setting like this. Yeah. I'm excited for Gloucester because I I really think that he did well in the U twenty World Cup. He did. Uh, and I I still think that he has been uh impressive in sort of a low-key way in the young psv video uh that we get to watch every now and again uh because he just he just seems very stable very reliable very clean uh you're, you're not seeing him at fault for a bunch of goals no uh so i i really like him i'm excited to see what he can do in this tournament i'm hoping that this is sort of his uh chance to stake a claim for the tokyo tournament
0: yeah he doesn't he doesn't get beat a lot i mean he does get beat sometimes but He's uh he's a pretty steady defender, just like he was in in the U twenty World Cup. Why don't you want to get into the omissions? Captain yeah, we got, omission. We've
1: got we've got Anthony Robinson uh at Wigan, who has not been in the game day eighteen since his AC Milan transfer fell through. Um, I, it feels like this is not a uh, disgruntled situation, more of a maybe he's been maybe he injured. has
0: coronavirus.
1: He, oh he man, was in Italy. Oh yeah, he was. Oh no, oh dear. No, uh, <laughs> sorry, he's, sorry. He's young. He's he's twenty. Yeah, he can. Um, but he yeah he hasn't he hasn't been in the lineup for Wigan since. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, right. hopefully hopefully yeah hopefully he's still healthy. Um, Sam Vines I think is a is one we were all expecting to be on this team and I have to assume that he wasn't released because uh, based on the game he had for the senior team against Costa Rica you'd have expected him to have played his way into this roster. Uh, yeah but just,
0: by the way the Colorado somebody one of the Colorado Rapids uh, reporters tweeted that he was not released
1: okay and that makes a lot of sense Rapids he's born start, Legion, starting yeah. for the Rapids. yeah so uh, they need him it totally, they were, ma-
0: it totally makes sense
1: yeah. yep they were close to the playoffs last year so uh, every point matters for that squad so so vines left off uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of kind of hoping he gets called up to the senior team for their friendlies in Wales and Holland if those friendlies take place big if. Uh, we also had, um, Duncan for New York Red Bulls, uh, right back who I has, has been on a strong start to the season, uh, New York Red Bull. Uh, I'd kind of been hoping to see him, but once again, probably, do you think he was left off or do you think he just wasn't picked?
0: I'm going to, I don't know, but I, I shade toward, uh, wasn't released.
1: Okay. Which again would make sense, and and to be honest, even if even if they just chose Herrera over Duncan, that also makes sense because Herrera because he can double duty at right and left back frees I mean, you up to I mean, take
0: Duncan can play right and left back too. I mean he's done it at least at the professional level, but um, I don't know. Herrera's been a part of the group, and I don't well Duncan was a part of the group, wasn't he back in the fall?
1: I don't oh, remember if he played in sure that remember. November game, okay. November series.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of half a dozen one six the other. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and then you've got
1: dozen over there. And then you've got uh, Julian Arajo, who was in the senior team camp uh, in January uh, leading up to Costa Rica. Didn't play in that game. Uh, and the word we've gotten from uh, – was it a Telemundo reporter? Uh,
0: TUDN. I actually don't oh. know what that stands for. Univision. Univision okay. family.
1: Okay. So basically said that Galaxy negotiated with the U.S. and said that if they wanted Arajo for the U-20 qualifying tournament in June – uh, that Galaxy would keep him through this tournament in uh, March. Which again, this all makes sense. Arajo wouldn't be the starter. You got to assume Cannon is is locked in as the starting right back. So you don't have to be super disruptive for players yeah. uh, who are going to be in backup roles. Not that you're not going to need everybody to play in a five five game tournament. Right.
0: Yeah. It it all kind of the fullback stuff all kind of makes sense to me.
1: But can I can I do a little uh, extended bit here now that we're talking about? Please, like the Duncan please, please, please situations, do. so it's just wild uh, to sort of put this uh, group of players in historical context with uh, the last few Olympic cycles, um, and and we can actually even go all the way back to 2008, where we did have a solid Olympic team. Uh, I know 2012, 2016 were a bit of a shambles where we didn't qualify, but even 2008, where we qualified, like the team that we brought to qualifying in 2008 was basically the Olympic team. I mean, it was our best group of age-eligible players with the exception of Michael Bradley and Benny Failhaber. Michael Bradley at the time uh, was in the midst of a 15-goal season in the Eredivisie, mm-hmm. and Benny Failhaber was coming off like a, a like an average season in the Bundesliga, and then he had moved to Derby County in the EPL where he had like 10 appearances for a historically bad Darby County side. Um, so those were the only two guys who, who you'd say, like, weren't available for selection for qualifying in mm-hmm. 2008. And then you move on a cycle to 2012. Uh, the guys who weren't available for qualifying because they were essentially too good would have been Josie Altador, who, by the way, played in 2008 uh, in the qualifying tournament. Um, Josie was with uh, in Holland at the time, racking up like 20 goals. Uh, Timmy Chandler.
0: The glory days, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, Timmy Chandler, who at that point was an every-game starter in the Bundesliga for Nuremberg. Um, and you never know if he would have accepted the call-up anyway. Uh, he was kind of wishy-washy about coming to play. I think he, he might have been committed to the U.S., but he just wasn't always coming to our games. Uh, Alfredo Morales, who we kind of like just started to figure out was dual-eligible, I think. Um, he had 1,500 minutes in the Bundesliga that season. And then Danny Williams, also another 1,500 Minute guy in the Bundesliga for Hoffenheim. So that was that was it. Those were the guys who didn't play in 2012 uh, Otherwise, I, I
0: think I see where you're going with this
1: Otherwise, the qualifying team was would have been the Olympic team uh, And then in 2016 in that cycle, it was John Brooks uh, who wouldn't have been available uh, He was just kind of getting in the mix with Hertha to Berlin had 1800 minutes that season DeAndre Yedlin would have been age eligible didn't play in the qualifying tournament uh, moved from Spurs to Sunderland on loan, racked up 1,800 minutes in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and then you're getting into like Julian Green, uh, who had, after that World Cup spectacular goal, had a very unspectacular loan spell with Hamburg, uh, where he had like five appearances, and then came back to uh, Bayern Munich, played in the fourth division for their reserves. So, there's a pretty clear difference here. <laughs> I went on that whole spiel just to show that, yeah. like this is a different story. I mean, people have always been saying, but this time it's different. And I just have to continue to say, this time it very much is different. And even if this uh, uh, side that we're bringing to Guadalajara fails to qualify, like even if we lose in the semifinal in the one and done game, mm-hmm. like that can happen. It's a 90-minute soccer game. Uh, someone, we need Burgermeister to check the rules here. I don't even know if they play extra time or if it goes straight to penalties. In, a, in the event of a draw. But upsets like that can happen in in a 90-minute game. The, the key difference here is this is not in any way, shape, or form our best U23, 11, or 20. I mean, this is our second and times third string. And in the cases of guys like Duncan and Araujo, our third and fourth string right backs uh, are still deemed too valuable to their clubs to be released. Yeah, it's
0: really interesting. Like, who else are we talking about for omissions? Just to, like, lay out the contrast between now and you know 8 12 and 15 like we've got the omissions we listed already Anthony Robinson Sam Vines uh Kyle Duncan Julian Araho Chris Richards Miles Robinson Cameron Carter Vickers uh we haven't even gotten to the midfielders yet the midfielders yeah. and
1: forwards yeah we've got we've got like a half a champions league side with Tyler Adams Sergio Dest uh Christian Pulisic Weston
0: McKennie Tim Weah like yeah we're not even going to mention those guys we're in in this podcast because they're so far
1: yeah they were never even it. in contention yeah yep. we were never we were never thinking they were coming so it's it's such a different it's just such a different picture uh in in this cycle and in
0: and it does uh, feel like it does feel like sort of the the rank and file who cover soccer in this country have not really picked up on this yet you know yeah, it's I mean? it's massive
1: i think i think part of why that happens in in you know, you kind of we still get sort of the smug dismissals of like, oh, everyone always overhypes the kids. Yeah. And, and and these kids, it's not like these kids are going to go beat France or beat Brazil. And they're not. And they're not even our, our cohort of young players probably is nowhere near France's cohort of young players. No. But even if they were, even if they were, which, again, they're not, but they still wouldn't go out, go out and beat France because France's amazing, young, talented players are joining a team with Griezmann and Conte and... Jeru uh, and our incredible talented young players are joining a team with Lovitz and Zardes and Trap, and that's just like a. I mean, because of the missing generation, are even though we're having this incredible class of players, yeah, they're still not going to be. We're not going to be amazing. We're still going to be a cycle away from where we should be because they're not joining up with elite players. Yeah. But yeah, but that's that's what we're looking at here. So to, to sort of dismiss and be like, oh well these everyone thinks these guys are just gonna be we don't think they're gonna go beat France, but what we're saying is like this is a completely from a US perspective, uh this is so night and day from anything that we've really
0: seen before. Unprecedented. I mean it people use that word a lot, but it is actually true in this <laughs> case. Um Should we do the Yeah, that was my on? that was my
1: extended bit. Let's get no, into that's our No, it's a great bit.
0: It's a great bit. Keep hammering away at it too, man. <laughs> Uh let's see. Midfielders.
1: Uh why don't you just why don't you just go through them in order of importance?
0: Oh, important.
1: Which is which is okay. an awkward way of framing it, but um
0: I think I'm going to say Yule probably the most important because he's seen as the most important and I it's hard for me to say that that's totally wrong seen by that seen that way by the coaches. So Yule as the 6 um Pomakal as the eight and uh Aronson Ledesma as the tens. One of those two. And maybe one of those two on the wing since uh, it's likely Ulian is not gonna play in that first game. So um yeah, that's how I that's my order, and then it, then comes uh Dotson, then comes Mihailovic. Who you kind of see as as almost like strictly cover. Yeah, I mean he he seems like I mean he can do these jobs right. Like he's he's suited to these roles. Are you talking about Georgie? Or are you talking about Dotson? Georgie, yeah, the job of a ten, or he could play on either wing. He plays on the left wing for Chicago, kind of. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. And and like
1: you, you pointed out in the Christ, uh teleconference, uh, he continue He said repeatedly that Ledesma and Kamakal are comfortable on the wing.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah. So there's a good chance we'll see one of those guys out there. I would think he even uh, said who, Ledesma could be a false nine. I know in that's stretch, interesting. That's fun in to pinch. think about. Yeah. Uh, who are you
1: talking for midfield omissions? Mm. Uh, kind There's of a long a list. Yeah.
0: Uh, Alex Mendez, uh, Keaton parks. Hey, James...
1: Alex Mendez. Was he, was he released or was he just selected over?
0: It's not a hundred percent clear if he would have been called up, but he was definitely not released by Ajax outside of the FIFA window. And so it's, it's could be that Christ didn't want to accommodate that. And um, it could be that Christ wasn't interested at all. We don't know. Okay. And Christ wasn't, you know, he he declined in the conference call to take any questions about like individual players or individual club policies and the whole, like the whole, he just punted on the whole release question.
1: Right. And I love that because he, that was the first thing he did. Right. And that's probably what, 90% 90% of our questions would have been just a <laughs> list of players. What about this player? Was what about this player?
0: How hard did you ask for <laughs> this, this player? Release? Yeah, right. How many visits did you make to the club to get to this player released? Yeah, it can. you could litigate that all the way to the ends of the earth. So, Mendez, Keaton Parks, James Sands, Brandon Servagna, Christian Capis, Chris Durkin, and uh, shiny new, new toy Tanner Tessman. <laughs> We, we we love Tanner Tessman. I actually think he's been really good. He has Do you been. love him? Are you you're, you're being sarcastic? I guess. No, I'm
1: I'm not being sarcastic. I don't I don't think we have near enough debt on him to uh, I, I at least I don't because I've only seen him in these two FC Dallas games. Yeah. Same uh, here. But but I've loved what I've seen, and it's fu- it's just fun to to have just a new name burst onto the scene. At yeah. least for me. Again, I'm sure there are plenty of people who've known plenty about Tanner Tessman, but.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't rate him that highly before the season started. That's what I knew about him. I thought, yeah, he's okay.
1: Okay, but I was wrong. Did you watch? Did I think you watch I him wrong. quite a
0: bit at, at North Texas.
1: We don't. We don't need to let Tanner Testman. <laughs> I don't want to put.
0: A, I don't want to put a number on the number of minutes I watched, but I watched some. I think I would say maybe parts of two games, and I was like, yeah, he's kind of seems kind of slow over short spaces and unremarkable on the ball. But okay. I obviously either am an idiot or uh, didn't didn't get enough data, or he because... had a big jump in the last three months. Yeah, there you go. That's what that's, let's go with that. We're going to choose
1: that one. You <laughs> you were that. correct. I've always I've been right all along. <laughs> uh, so all the all the omissions you listed, I don't think there's anyone there, with the exception of Mendes, maybe uh, that sort of would give us something that we don't already have in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Is that
0: fair? I think Tesman <laughs> I mean, I hate to be this guy, <laughs> but I do think Tessman gives us something. He gives us that uh, the ability to cover ground and play defense, and distribute the ball just fine. That I, I, that it's that combination of ruggedness and calmness on the ball for the most part from him that is so intriguing to me because I, I don't know if you have that combination. In anybody, is there anybody else with that? Pommackall. Pomichol
1: wins a lot of those – gets into a lot of those challenges. Yeah. Uh, But since we just mentioned that, let's talk about Pomichol. He hasn't started for FC Dallas yet. Uh, He's staying with FC Dallas for the games this weekend is my understanding. Mm -hmm. So we'll see if he starts now because Ferreira is gone already. Uh, And so I guess I just have questions about whether or not Christ will be confident that Pomichol can start a game.
0: Yeah. And I – I guess the smart money is he doesn't start, right? Uh, he doesn't start that first game. I guess we'll see what happens. Like he said, we'll see what we'll see what happens this Sunday. It's not that big of a problem, I don't think, because you can have cause Aronson was awful tough against LAFC in a sort of like ball winning midfield role. I mean, he was a, he was a ten, but he was he was winning the ball a lot, and um, I think you could go, especially against a low block, you could go with that sort of softer midfield. Did I just say that? I just that?
1: <laughs> you Bells you, finally admits that the creamy midfield is what he wants. <laughs> right.
0: Chewy is it creamy or chewy? Soft. Well, I think it was creamy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe we should change it. I think I don't <laughs> like creamy. Let's go with chewy. Fine with chewy. The soft
1: chewy midfield. Okay. All right. Uh, anything else? Any other notes for the for the midfield in general?
0: Well, so I, one thought would be we'll play Ferreira as a ten. He plays as a ten for Dallas, and I don't think he's looked that good as a ten for Dallas. So I don't like that idea. Just want to put that out there.
1: I actually hate that idea because that's where we actually have a bunch of players. It's not like we need to. Oh well, we we gotta play Ferrer there because otherwise we'd have to play Ledesma or Aronson or Pommegal or Georgie.
0: Yeah. Especially with uh, some some need for perhaps reinforcements on the wing, because I, so I should clarify that my understanding is Ulianas was was granted. Uh, was accommodated by Jason Kreis, even though Wolfsburg isn't going to release him outside the FIFA window. Does that make sense?
1: Like, yeah, and that's that's where so if if that gives Kreis less wiggle room to accommodate other players. So if Giannis can't be there for Costa Rica and then IX says, well, oh, we won't let Mendez go until after that date either. Uh, then you know Christ is gonna be like, okay, well, do I just have fifteen players for the for you know, I mean he's got a, he's got to draw a line somewhere and say, okay, well, we can afford it here,, uh, but we can't afford it. With another yeah, player.
0: that's a really good point. Yeah, and so Uli, Uli obviously did so well in that January camp. This is another thing Christ said. He said he basically earned his spot on the roster with his performance in January camp, which is kind of like, uh, yeah, that's what. Yeah,
1: happened. Um, crazy how the only way you can do that is by being invited to one of the camps. Right. Maybe we, maybe we shouldn't be so reluctant to
0: invite players to camps. <laughs> right. He loved the way Uli played in January camp, obviously, and then baited it so much that. Uh, That he gave him this exception and he allows him to miss the first game which i'm happy with i think it's i'm I'm
1: extremely happy We're also extremely thin on the wings in my opinion in the in that available age group players So if you're gonna make an exception uh, You do it on the wing whereas it even though i'd like to have mendez in this group again We have a lot of strength in central midfield. Yeah
0: Okay, so we talk about the the wings. Yeah,
1: okay, so we've got we're bringing three we're bringing uli we're bringing bofo uh, Saucedo and we're bringing Jonathan Lewis um, And like you said Uli not available Another point I wanted to make about Uli And uh, his Costa Rica performance Is that he absolutely did not play Like a hug the line winger uh, He did not He pinched way in, he was picking the ball up often In sort of the half spaces But in the same line as an attacking midfielder So do we, we won't get into the full tactics here, but just uh, to sort of keep that in mind, um, all three of those guys, Uli, Saucedo, and, and Lewis, left wings, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: By nature. So I know Giannis played on the right wing in the U-20 World Cup, which I think could come into play here. Because everyone's, I feel like everyone's lineup that they're listing is the, a front three of Ferreira, Saucedo, and Giannis. Uh yeah. and you know that means you're putting one of those guys on the right that's that's a left winger.
0: Uli's I mean Uli's much better equipped to go on the right wing than Saucedo is I think. Okay. That's I mean that's my sense of it. And I I I have such fond memories of his appearance at the U20 World Cup <laughs> when he came in on the right wing. I mean he was just immediately dangerous and uh helped us helped us beat Cutter.
1: <laughs> well, uh once we start getting into lineups I might I might revisit this too. Um the the winger omissions for me would have been Gio Reyna, who we kind of knew already wasn't going to be there, uh, Brooks Lennon, uh, who had featured a lot in the prior U23 camps up until Atlanta said, yeah, no more no more youth releases. Uh, I don't know about Emmanuel Sabi if he would have been on the list. Mm. He played in he played for him in November in the U23 games. Uh, did did fairly well. I thought the he was worth...
0: pretty good in in his one. What he make like one fifteen minute appearance or something? Yeah,
1: like? we're we're thin on the wings, so it, he'd be in the discussion. Uh, and then we'd we contractually obligated to mention Jonathan Amen, this podcast. <laughs> he's boy, so man. he's our he's our guy. <laughs> Seems to still be hurt. Has not made an appearance yet this season. Yeah, poor poor Jonathan. I hope he, I
0: hope he I hope he gets healthy.
1: I do. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we may as well put Nick Tideway in the, in the list as well. All right. And then up top, uh, we've just got Jesus Ferreira and uh, Jeremy Abobase. Jeremy Abobese. So uh, I think, again, re- good, reliable professionals there. I, I liked what Ferreira gave us against Costa Rica. Uh, Abobese has not been playing a lot of forward of late. Uh, plays a lot on the wing for Portland. Played on the wing last January camp in 2019 for Burhalter. Um, but again, it's, it's, he's playing against D23s. He should be able to do this job.
0: Yeah. He's, and he's a, he's an intelligent player, um, which I'm, I've, I'm learning to appreciate more and more about strikers. Uh, I, I think he's, I think his completeness as a player makes him, so we the omission is Mason toy. And, uh, I think Boba say wins a, a lot on his, on his movement, right? And his sort of completeness as a player. Not that he's amazing at any one thing. He's just like decent at hold up play, moves pretty well in the box. Toy is like a is more of a I'm gonna hit you on the counterattack and do something marvelous.
1: Right. When you think toy it's like, alright, leave him up top while we defend, and then if we get one decent chance, we want Toy to be the guy to have it. Right.
0: So I I like the the say choice and Ferreira, Ferreira too.
1: Yeah, the only my only concern with the boba say was that he is coming off of injury. So again, short tournament. If for some reason it turns out he can't go or we can't use him, uh, then then we're we're into Richie Ledesma's false nine territory. Yeah,
0: do you want to just go right into the lineups?
1: Yeah, tell me tell me what you think we're going to see.
0: Well, w- with the Janas not being there against Costa Rica, now this is the game that's on what the it's in 11 20th. days. Yeah, yeah, it's on the twentieth. I'd say Ferreira up top, Ledesma on the right, Salcedo on the left. And that, so Ledesma on the right in a, in a way that, where he's tucking in and Cannon is bombing up to the right of him. And then uh, Aronson, Pomacall and Yule in the midfield, and then Cannon, Palmer Brown, McKenzie, and Gloucester across the back line with Ochoa in goal. I'm a big Ochoa stan.
1: Uh, we did not compare notes, but I had the exact same lineup, and uh, it's very much because of Ledet, because of the way we want to, we tend to play for the U.S. since Berhalter's arrived, which is creating sort of a, a band of four attackers underneath the forward, um, and so you can get into that in a lot of different ways as we've seen. But I, I kind of feel the same. I feel like it's going to be Gloucester and Cannon getting up high. Uh, the way Vines and Cannon did against Costa Rica. Yeah, and then Giannis can pinch way in from the left. Ledesma will be very comfortable pinching in from the right, uh, and that leaves you Pomacall and Aronson. Aronson, um, sort of doing the job that Leggett and Aronson did around Jackson Ewell, which is to just sort of uh, connect the play into those front five uh, with Ferreira leading the line.
0: Yeah, no, I th- I really like the way it looks, and 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 Aronson, Pomacall Ewell defensive midfield is uh, short of starting Hassani Dodson somewhere in there is the strongest midfield we can we can muster you know like the the most the toothiest the least chewy
1: <laughs> and
0: presumably we'll need
1: to the job their job will be to destroy counterattacks and not let uh Costa Rica get out on the break if Costa Rica are sitting deep defending yeah and Palma calls like he was built for that yep so, I, I, I like it, man. And I feel like what I'm curious about is when Yanez comes back, whether he will, uh, like, whether we'll drop one of those center mids and move Ledesma in, or whether Yanez and Sauceto will effectively, like, rotate games. Because I, I could see that happening.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is going to be a lot of games, assuming we win on, on next Friday. We'll, we're going to, if we win that game, we're almost certainly through, to the, through the group stage. And then it's just like bang, 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 four games in a row. Four Games at three day intervals,
1: right? So, so you could go, you know, Yanez in the Dominican Republic game, uh, Salcedo against Mexico, Yanez in the semifinal, the all important semifinal. Oh
0: man, I'm getting kind of nervous just thinking about it, but I like, (laughs) I really like that lineup that we just put out. Um, that makes me that's a game I'm excited to watch.
1: Oh man, it'd be, it'd be, I feel like we could really see some slick soccer. Uh, I know it'll, it could very well feel like a road game. Uh, I could, I could see the crowd being fairly hostile, Um, but that front five with either Aronson or Pomacall able to sort of burst into it, burst through and add an extra attacker. Uh, It, it, yeah, it's something that I'm very excited to see.
0: I'm excited to see, I'm excited even to see McKenzie and Palmer Brown, you know, Palmer Brown, our long lost Austrian son, Uh, (laughs) see him back in the shirt. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. And I, And I do like the way McKenzie is playing soccer right now.
1: Um, And and same with the goalkeeper. We just need those two to be steady, the way Richards and McKenzie were in the U-20 qualifying tournament. Just be steady, uh, nothing silly, um, and and let's do this. Yep,
0: because there's enough talent ahead of them to create danger, to create danger and score goals. Anything else we should talk about here?
1: No, let's just cross our fingers that this tournament can be held
0: safely. Yeah, totally. Um, it seems to be on course. Uh, again, first match is in 11 days in Guadalajara against Costa Rica. A very important match. The following game, that's a Friday. And then the following game is on uh, Monday, I think the 23rd. And, you know, so on. We'll be publishing something else uh, later this week um, a deep dive on the U20 roster, which nobody asked for, but it's coming anyway. They're in camp.
1: Are they in camp right now? They're, they're going to be in camp in a week. They're going to be
0: in camp later this, later this month. And it's a pretty interesting um a group of players too matt hartman and i got into that and please fire it up once we publish it maybe I'm, thursday
1: i'm excited for that too because it was such a foggy picture even after like the u17 world cup and i just feel like there have been a lot of developments yeah in the last month and a half there have
0: a shiny a toy, of shiny of testament, testament
1: shaped developments
0: <laughs> and uh jose jose gallegos <laughs> big late entrance into the starting lineup for both of us
1: I think, I think Gio Arena has had some things happen since the U-17 World he also Cup. Has. He, is, he will not be participating
0: with the U-20s. It doesn't appear. All right. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you. <laughs>